Good morning, Five Stones. Morning. Morning. It's great to uh, be back on the pulpit here. I'm so glad to be able to, to uh, share with you the Word of God here uh, this, this morning. Um, it's so good to see uh, people back here. Last week was a little bit less people. <laughs> yeah, so this is, this is good to see all of you back. And uh, today I'm going to talk about uh, something that uh, extroverts will find very difficult. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, extroverts, yeah. It's going to be a topic, uh, the topic is going to be uh, on solitude. So today we, we're going to be uh, uh, something that the introverts will really like, yeah. But the, uh, the extroverts, I don't know, yeah. So as we talk about this topic uh, today, let us, uh, let us invite uh, the Holy Spirit to, uh, to do a work in our hearts. Father God, thank you for uh, this, this morning that we can join in together as a family of God uh, to, to ponder your word, to listen to your word, to hear what your spirit has to say to us. Thank you, God, for, for Jesus, for, uh, for all that he means to us, because it's by faith in him that we have life by faith in Him that we, we have the Spirit living in us. And it's by faith in Him through Jesus that we, we all can be brothers and sisters in Christ. And so, Jesus, we give you thanks for, for all that you've done for us. We give you thanks for the love that you've shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We give you thanks that we can come to you uh, knowing that all of our sins are taken care of, all of our, our brokenness, and that's why we can come to you in, in, uh, in just quietness and trust, believing and trusting in your salvation. So Jesus has become, may your word speak to us by your spirit. And Father, may your love just be so, so evident in this room this morning. And may we, our hearts just turn toward you now. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So we are in our uh, number eight uh, message in the whole uh, series here on the disciplines. How's it going so far? Uh, I don't know. For some of you, it might, it might have been a struggle because it's something new for you all to ponder, for you to practice. And I would say to you, don't give up. <laughs> don't give up. Some, it might be a struggle. I remember a time when I was learning how to play the guitar, you know, like uh, I was just about yay high, about maybe seven years old or something like that. I was just learning how to play the guitar. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was hard, you know, the, the fingers hurt, you know, the, uh, uh, I haven't developed any kind of calluses there yet. So it's really, you know, oh, it's hard, it's difficult. And then you, you learn how to press on the, on the guitar fret, the, uh, the chords and so on, and, uh, and learn how to play the bar, the bar chords, because the bar chords are really hard for a beginner, like, whoa, how do you, how do you, how do you uh, press on that guitar fret? But it will take effort, it takes practice, it takes time, and it's a process you go through, right? A process that you go through to, to learn something new. And uh, for me, I, when I started out with the guitar, it just... It sounded really bad, right? At first, it just didn't, it wasn't natural. 
But as the years go by, as you practice more, as you, as you uh, take on the, uh, the, uh, the, the whole different spirit of not just going there to, to, um, to, to torture yourself, you know, to, to, to make your fingers hurt, but you go there with a spirit of, I want to learn this. I want to, I want to enjoy this. I want to play like the pros. I want to, I want to rock and roll, right? And I, I don't want just to play, play like, a, like a beginner, I want to play like the like those those Eric Clapton or whatever it is, you know, just just really really you know like Santana, just go to town, right? And 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 I have that vision. I had a vision of of just playing really well and really just enjoying. And that's how it is with the with 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 the disciplines. You just take take the time, but you got to practice it. You got to put yourself, but with a with a spirit of what of really wanting to enjoy. Say, oh, this is what this is why I'm going through the through the, the discipline. This is why I'm going through through prayer, through meditation, through uh, all this uh, study and uh, witness. And today you have been a bright, bright witness. I hear you singing, I hear you enjoying God. That is a witness. It is a witness to the whole white world that we love Jesus, and uh, and that's what we got to do. We got to practice it. And we come to the church on Sunday. We practice it. We we sing with heart with joy, knowing that Jesus loved us. This I know, yeah, the Bible tells me so. And so we go and we go to town with it. So today, as we go through this discipline of solitude, it might be a difficult one for some of us because some of us are real extroverts, right? We just, we can't, we can't go into any place that's quiet and we just got to make noise and, and so on. Uh, and, and, and just get people involved or, and so on. So today, that's, that's, Let's uh, just contemplate a little bit. Uh, discipline of solitude. The first thing that came to my mind when I was given this topic was be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. So for Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. So what is it all about? Be still and know that I am God. So I was curious because I've never really really uh, looked up what it actually really meant in Psalm 46. So I wanted to do a study about Psalm 46 in context. So uh, that's what I did. So Psalm 46, verse 10 in context. Uh, let's read from Psalm 46. Uh, uh, and uh, we can see here, uh, right, at the, right at the top, something that we usually ignore, right? The, uh, to the choir master. Uh, this, this little... Uh, little title that, that, that starts off the psalm. To the choir master of the sons of Korah, according to the Alamoth, a song, a song. So as we think about this choir, why, why mention the, to the choir master of the sons of Korah? You know, why, why having that title for us? I think that's because, as I looked at it, it is to be sung skillfully. This is a song that is to be sung skillfully. Skillful celebration uh, to the choir master. Uh, some other translations would use to the chief musician, right? To the chief musician, to the choir master. Um, this song is to be sung skillfully. A uh, song that is sung with confidence. song that is sung with joy. song that is sung with faith. And it is to the sons of Korah. Sons of Korah are the, are the, uh, 
It's like the, the boy band of the day, right? <laughs> the sons of Korah. It's, it's like, it, it's, it's the, uh, uh, the, the, those skillful musicians who, are, who, who lead people into, into worship. Those, those are the sons of Korah. And, uh, and according to the Alamoth, what's the Alamoth? Yeah, and uh, uh, as I looked it up, I said, People don't know what it is. Yeah, they have no idea what, that, what it actually means. So that's why they left it in the, in the, in the Hebrew, uh, Alamoth. What, what does it mean? Um, not too sure. Maybe a musical notation or something, or, or some kind of musical skill, or some kind of musical... Um, you know, those of you who are in music would probably know, you know or some kind of uh, cadence or what it is. I'm, I'm not a great musician, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but the Alamoff, it is, it, it is to be sung to music, so a song, a song. So when consider Psalm 46 in its context, be still and know that I am God, it is all about a, a song, something that's sung in confidence, something that says in confidence, like 46 verse 1, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present or well-proof help in trouble. Help in trouble. So God is our refuge, a celebration of, of who God is, our refuge and strength. I don't know what you hear when you hear the words refuge and strength. What, do you, what, what kind of feelings does it evoke in you? God is our refuge and our strength. And I think about that, and I think about the people of Israel. God is our refuge. Someone they can, they, can, they can hide in. Someone they can, they can tr- trust in times of trouble. Someone they can go to in a strength, a stronghold, a, a fortress. A sense of, 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 of uh, security. So a very present help in trouble. And a sense of, of uh, that God will always be there. Very, very present. Very, and the stories of, of, of the Hebrew scriptures which. From, this, from the context of Psalm 46. It's a narrative of a, of a God who comes and rescues his people. He is very present, help in trouble. As a result of that, they sing, we will not fear, therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. And then another unknown Hebrew word, Selah, Selah. And as, as, a, as a person who has read the Bible many times, I always, you know, like, always kind of skip over Selah. <laughs> like, what does it mean? Nobody really knows again. And uh, that's why they left it in the, again in the, in the Hebrew, Selah. What does that mean? And uh, the scholars are, have been debating about what, what, what the actual meaning of that term is. And a lot of them came to the conclusion, maybe it's, again, it's a musical, uh, musical um, notation, and uh, maybe it means to pause, or to, to be, to, and one, one translation would say intermission or interlude. Uh, just, just a pause, just a, a uh, don't sing anymore kind of thing, right? Just, don't, here it is, just be, be, uh, be quiet, and just, do like this. You know, just pause. Be silent. Maybe. In, uh, 
as I read one, one commentary, it talks about the, uh, the, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul would have read the, uh, the Greek Old Testament. Um, the Greek Old Testament, and uh, in the Greek Old Testament, the, they would, they would uh, translate it as intermission. Intermission. And uh, if Paul, the Apostle Paul, would take the Greek, Hebrew, uh, I mean the, Hebrew, uh, the Greek translation of the Hebrew Scriptures, the Greek translation of Hebrew Scriptures, at, at its face value, it would mean then intermission. It would mean just... Just, a, uh, just like uh, the break that we just had just now be- between singing and, <laughs> and, uh, and between the singing and worship and, 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 uh, and, and the message today. And you, you guys go and have a coffee. Maybe it's a, just a coffee time. Yeah. But maybe it's more than that. It's just a pause and listen and really meditate. And we have done the, uh, the discipline of meditation. Maybe it's a time to pause and meditate upon who God is. God is our refuge and our strength. Just, just repeat that. God is our refuge and our strength. And therefore, we will not fear. Maybe it's time just to soak it in. Soak in it. Yeah, we will not fear. We will not fear. God is our refuge. God is our strength. And I will just trust in quietness, in trust and pause. Then it goes on in, in Psalm 46, verse 10. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. So Psalm 46, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. There's a sense of that there is a river whose dreams make glad the city of God. When I, when, I, when I came to that verse, there is the river. When I was very young in my Christian walk, there's, there's a song that's, that, that, that came to me uh, as, as, a, as a young Christian. There is a river that never shall run dry. There is a river that comes from God above. There is a river. And uh, as I thought about it, and then I read in in scripture in Genesis about the river, uh, a river that flows out of Eden to water water the garden. In Genesis uh, chapter two, verse 10. And it talks talks about the, the Pishon, the Gihon and the Tigris and the Euphrates. And there's a river that, that waters the Garden of Eden. And that just makes glad the, uh, the Garden of Eden. And I think about that, that the holy habitation of the Most High, the city of God, and talking about Jerusalem, talking about God's city. And then in Revelation 21, it talks about the, there's a city that comes down from heaven uh, in Revelation 21 and, uh, and God's people uh, are rejoicing because God is with his people because heaven came down. Revelation 21, the picture that I get 
is one that of, of God wanting to be with people. God so desiring to be with his people that he, he would come down to, to the earth. He would be with his people. And, and, and the narrative throughout the scriptures is how, how God is always wanting to be with his people. He has never wanting to abandon his people. So he, he gave us the covenants, he gave us the, the tabernacle, he gave us the temple. All of it is to say that God wants to be with his people. God wants to dwell in, in the temple, in the, in, in, the, uh, in the tabernacle, so that God is, there's a visible sign that God is with his people and he will never abandon them. And the fact that people abandon God is a different story. But God's story is one that says he wants to be with his people. God is in the midst of her, and she shall not be moved. God will help her. God wants to be with his people. So Psalm 46, verse 10, and verse, uh, as we read from verse 6 in context, the nations rage, the kingdoms totter. His, he utters his voice, and the earth melts. Again, you read, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. God is a present help. God is a, our refuge and our strength. The Lord of hosts is with us. But the nations rage, and the kingdoms totter. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. Note that verse 7 and verse 11. At the end there, what does it say? Selah, right? Again, the pause. And the pause is there for us to reflect. Again, the Lord of hosts is with us. Right, verse 11, the Lord of hosts is with God's armies. The Lord of the heaven's armies is with us. And why does he talk using that language? Why does the psalmist talk about it that way? It's because the nations are raging. And the nation's rage here is, is, is a, um, it's a um, reference to the, the current, perhaps the current condition of where the people of God are at. And where is that? There are other nations that are going to war against Israel. And the nations are there, and they are threatening, and they are threatening war, and they are threatening ruin, the ruin of Israel. And, uh, and the psalm invites us to remember God is our refuge and our strength in a time of turmoil in a time of turmoil. So God is calling out through this psalm. As you look in context, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. It could very well, if you read in context, that it very well mean that it is speaking, this is not speaking to Israel, more of speaking to the nations. You nations, you are the one that are warring against Israel. You got to be still and know that I'm God. You got to be still and know that I will be exalted among the nations. I will be the one who will come up tops. I will be exalted 
in the earth. And so here are the nations raging. Here are nations, the kingdoms totter. Here he can utter his voice and the earth will melt. So what is this saying to, to, to us? It can also be translated, I suppose, that uh, for us, that uh, we, we too need to be still and know that he will take care of every situation. We will not fear. We will, not, we will go to God with, uh, with, a, with a confident trust. We can sing that song and, uh, and celebrate him in quietness and trust. Be still and know that he is God. When, when this verse, uh, verse 10, here, uh, as I reflect on that, it reminded me of uh, Mark chapter 4 when, when Jesus stilled the storm. When Jesus was uh, asleep on the boat and the, and the disciples were getting a little bit an, uh, anxious, and, uh, and Jesus woke up from his sleep and says, Peace be still, and the storm just stopped. I think this is a reference for us to remember that God can control, can control everything. God is sovereign. And we can trust Him even in our storms. And when, when we feel anxious, remember, He is our very present help. He is one who is well-proof because the narrative of Scripture, again, throughout all of Scripture is one that says to us, He is trustworthy. He is our strength. And He will come through for us. But the nations will still rage. So as the nations rage, when I think about that, that term, I think about our situation, we are also in a in, in, in place where we are so addicted to uh, the raging in our world, the noise, the thrills, the, the business, uh, being afraid to slow down. Because if we slow down, you know, we think that the world will come, overcome us. We're so addicted. Uh, sometimes I think about my, my own, 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 uh, own life. So, er, we are so addicted to noise. I was thinking about that and say, yeah. Even I'm an introvert myself, right? But sometimes, man, I, I, you know, I like to turn on the radio or, or a TV program just, just to f- have some noise. Yeah. And I said, wow, I am addicted to noise, even as an introvert. I am addicted to noise and, uh, and the thrills and, uh, that, uh, that entertainment world would, can give me. Um, and then there's the need to know, you know, everything, every every trend and every news and every you know tidbit about our, our, the latest celebrity failure or <laughs> or a latest celebrity full power, right? And and why do we need to know everything? Why do we need? Why do we insist that we need to know all the news, all the updates, and everything that's happening in our world? Could it be? Because we, we need something to talk about. Uh, why do we need to, to know uh, everything that's happening in the sports world or in, the, in everything? Everything that's happening in, our, in, in the weather and, and so on. Is it because we don't, don't have anything else to talk about? 
I wonder. Um, why do we need to know everything? And our minds are always looking and searching and scanning everywhere for something to talk about or something that, that we, can, we, can, uh, we, can, we can just uh, talk to our neighbors about. But we need to, there's, a, there's a, almost a, uh, um, that we are, we are, we are, we're chained to this, to this uh, incessant buzz in our smartphones and everything that's happening, right? Everything that's happening in our world, we always say, oh, what's, what's happening there? Okay, let's look. And, uh, but there's no place, it seems like we, we've given little place for God to, to move when we are always scanning everywhere for, for something. And so, in our addiction, when, when, when we get hold of it and say, hey, yeah, we are addicted to it, then we start to withdraw from all those things, what happened? We get withdrawal symptoms, right? <laughs> we get withdrawal, maybe suddenly we're, we're faced with a sense of emptiness. Some say, oh, what? What else is there to fill my life up? What else is there? Then we say, oh man, that's nothing. And then there's misery and then loneliness and then depression and all these things start to sh- come in. And there's one author who says, our souls just will, will roar for diversions. When we start into this, this, this uh, solitude with God, we go into solitude and we start to, to roar and our eyes and our hearts just keep scanning the horizons right, for all kinds of all kinds of diversions. Yeah. Maybe there's also a sense of there's a, this passive rebellion that happens in our hearts as well. We, we, we don't say, we, we know, I'm, I'm out against you, God. I'm, I'm just, I'm, we are, that's, it's not an active rebellion, but more of a, okay, I'm empty, I'm, I'm miserable, I'm, I'm lonely. We'll look for acceptable alternatives, the narcotics of our time, tech, um, TV, whatever it is, to fill up our lives. And I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, this is how we rage. Are we like the nations, or are we like the faithful of God, where we would repeat to ourselves, God is our refuge and our strength. So today I want to invite you to a place where we can pause, where we can say, Selah, in a raging world for the choir master. I invite you to be in a place where, where it's like Jesus. As the sun was setting, they brought to him all who were sick, there was a lot of noise, right? A lot of things happening in Jesus' world. With all kinds of various diseases, Jesus was busy. When it was day, he went out and do what? did what? He went to a deserted place. But again, the scriptures tell us in Luke chapter 4, verse 40 and 42, that the crowds were looking for him. They went up to him and they were trying to prevent him from leaving them. So here we have a sense of that Jesus practice solitude. When it was day, he went out to a desert place. He wanted to, it was busy. He had a busy life. People were, people were cramming into his life. And one of the things that he does is went 
spend out to a deserved place. So today I want you all to think about how you can have follow Jesus in this way, how you can have a, a, a time of quietness, to have sala, to pause, to have intermission, to have an interlude in a raging world, a world that will continue to rage. And I love the fact that Jesus had sala for others. As you think about it, uh, for instance, Mark chapter 6, verse 30 to 31, the apostles gathered around Jesus, reported to him all they had done and taught. Oh, that, I think there must have been some really, ex, you know, some really great things to report to Jesus. Uh, people getting healed and you know, people responding to the preaching and stuff. And he said to them, uh, okay, um, enough of the, <laughs> it seems like he's saying to them, enough of the reporting here. Uh, just come away by yourselves. Yeah, come away by yourself to a secluded place and rest for a while. I don't want to hear your reports. <laughs> you know, uh, let's come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest for a while. Doesn't that sound inviting? Right? Sounds so inviting. For there were so many people coming and going, they didn't even have a chance to eat. Yeah. So you need a retreat, perhaps. Some of you need to go somewhere quiet. Maybe go to a nice Italian restaurant, I don't know. <laughs> Just to have a chance to eat. <laughs> I love the fact that Jesus looked after his apostles, his people, the sent out ones. I love the fact that Jesus had Sela for others. Tell them to, hey, Sela, Sela, man. <laughs> Sell out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't sell out. <laughs> sell out, right? Yeah. Settle down. <laughs> yeah. Come, come to a secluded place and rest and rest. Love that. And then Matthew 5, uh, verse 6, in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, When you pray, I know you're going to pray. When you pray, why don't you just go into your room and shut the door? And pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. You hear that? The father who sees in secret will reward you. Pray to him in secret in a secluded area. Blaise Pascal said this, The sole cause of man's unhappiness is that he does not know how to stay quietly in his room. Reflect on that. Yeah. I think there's so much wisdom in that. Don't, don't know how to stay quietly in his room. Yeah. That's why I say to the extroverts, it's going to be a little tough, right? <laughs> it's going to be really tough. I invite you to God's secret presence. Reality is the world would still rage on. Um, in Matthew chapter 14, this is uh, Herod, King Herod. Uh, he, that's the he in verse 10 here. He sent and had John beheaded. Herod had John beheaded in the prison and his head was brought on, on a platter and given to the girl and she sought it and she brought it to her mother. 
And his disciples came and took the body and buried it. And they went and told Jesus. Now, when Jesus heard this, what did he do? He withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. I love the fact that Jesus gave himself permission to mourn, to grieve. I love the fact that Jesus is real with our emotions, with our emotional state. Some of you today might be struggling. I don't know where you're at. Um, maybe some of you are struggling with loneliness or struggling with uh, your, your mental health, struggling with uh, all kinds of things. I don't want you to know God is your present help, a very well-proven present help, your strength and your refuge. Some of us have Perhaps God is helping us in our journey. Um, when we are in a place where we, are, we have to face our loneliness, we have to go through it, or our, our, our despair, we need to go through it. But it's not a place where God has abandoned us. It is not a place where God is saying, no, I don't want to hear that. But it's a place where God is saying to us, I'm with you. The Lord of hosts is with us. God is in the midst of the people of God. God is there. But it doesn't feel like it. Because the world rages. Our world rages. That's the reality. The world will hurt. And we need to acknowledge that. Even Jesus acknowledged that. And Jesus acknowledges emotional being as well. Reality is the crowds will still be there. And the and the business will still be there. But we need that place. Like Jesus did. Withdrew to a desolate place. So as we think about all these things, the scriptures remind us that uh, there is renewal available, even in a raging world. But they who wait for the Lord, says Isaiah 40, verse 31, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Lamentations 325. The Lord is good for those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. To the soul. So come. And I think a lot of you know about Jesus' invitation to come, all of you who are tired and weary, right? And I will give you rest. For I'm gentle. I hope you hear the stirring in your heart that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. That God wants to be there for you. In your struggle, in the despair you're going through, in the emotional state where you're saying, nobody understands me. God is with you. Wait. Wait. Let him renew you. There's renewal in our raging world, a world that's the reality of a world that keeps raging and the noise and it keeps coming. 
But thus saith the Lord, the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel. Isaiah 30, verse 15. In returning, in re repentance, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. But, wow, this is, this is so revealing because we, to, to, to Israel and to us as well, you were unwilling. Come, be willing. Therefore the Lord waits, in Isaiah 30 again, as you read on, in Isaiah 30, it says, Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you. Do you love that? Isn't that awesome? The Lord just is waiting for us to show up. Wants to be gracious to you. Therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. Just a word of caution here. I like what uh, Dietrich uh, Bonhoeffer said. Let him who cannot be alone beware of community. Let him who is not in community beware of being alone. Each by itself has profound pitfalls and perils. One who wants fellowship without solitude plunge into the void of words and feelings. And one who seeks solitude without fellowship perishes in the abyss of vanity, self-infatuation, and despair. As you know, Jesus, he is in solitude, but he's also in community. Right? There needs to be a balance. So some of us who are introverts, I caution you not to just hide away. Yeah, and, uh, and just be by yourself. It's like, just me and God, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, coming to community as well. And those who are extroverts, yeah, might be a little bit more difficult for you to go into solitude. But there's a, God is just inviting you. I think today, for some of you who are so extroverted that uh, you have never given time to be in a place of solitude, in a place where you can be, in a, in a place where you can be quiet before God and invite you to do that. So for some of us, uh, like me, when I was, like I was saying, when I was starting to play the guitar, it was just difficult, right? Maybe you can try something like take advantage uh, of the, your wake-up time. When, when you wake up, uh, this is what I do. <laughs> when I wake up, I say, good morning, God, or, or uh, just being quiet and uh, maybe take a few minutes to, to really wake up. Like, God, I invite you for today. Take advantage of the quiet wake-up time or maybe when, when you have your hot beverage, uh, as I say hot beverage because some of us just think coffee only, but there are people who drink tea too, right? So, uh, <laughs> and, uh, so when you're making a hot beverage, just, you know, let's have a quiet time, right, before God. Uh, maybe in the rush hour when you're stuck in traffic and so on, those are good quiet times too, just to just invite God's presence. And 
Maybe that's your secret room <laughs> where you can uh, pray to God in secret, right? Or the breaks, your coffee breaks or whatever, wherever it just take the try it out, right? Those just just have a conscious uh, invitation to God. God, you are my refuge, you're my strength. You know, I, I I will trust in you. I will just be still and know that you are God. I'll just be there. So you don't have to say a lot. You don't have to do a lot. Just be in the presence. Maybe you have a quiet place that you can that you know you can always go to. And you say, oh yeah, I got that storeroom in my in my house or whatever it is, just, just go to the quiet place. Try a, try a different quiet place. If you say, no, that quiet place didn't work for me, okay. Look for one. Or find spots outside the, outside the home. Maybe there you can go out for a walk and, and just be in silence before God. Uh, try, try the uh, little or no words exper- experiment here. Just... Uh, don't say too much. You know, for for a day, just try it out. Uh, don't say too much. Just just mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, and uh, see what happens. Yeah, maybe maybe that will open up a space for you to interact with what the Spirit of God wants to say to you, or go to, go to retreats and uh, you know, say, man, that that. Holiday in Mexico sounds good now. Yeah, yeah, go to a retreat or whatever. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 talks about guard your steps when you go to the house of God to draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools for they do not know that they are doing evil. Be rash with your mouth. Be not rash. <laughs> be not rash with your mouth nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God for God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. Therefore, let your words be few. So try it out. Um, let your words be few. Just guard your steps. So today, I invite you to a place of cellar. Um, take a time to... It's a process. It's, it's, you, you won't get it right away. I myself struggle with cellar, right? Sometimes I just... Just don't pause enough, and maybe it's time to pause um, and hear what God is saying. And God is saying, "I will be exalted among the nations. Here are the nations that are raging. Here are the nations that are making noise, you know, threatening you or threatening war. But who will be exalted in the end? Who will come up tops? I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth." The Lord of hosts is backing us up. The Lord of hosts is with us. So I invite you to a place of cellar. I invite you to a place where, in a way of saying, you sell out to God, right? You sell out to God and uh, what He has for you. Let us pray as we uh, contemplate where we can be with God in our quietness, in our trust, in our walk with God. Perhaps God is calling you to a place of rest rather than stress. Maybe Jesus is asking you to, solid, to go to a place of solitude with Him. Maybe Jesus is speaking to your heart this morning.
Give him some room in your heart today. In quietness and in trust. Just respond to his heart for you. And you know, his heart is always God wanting to be with you. God wanting to speak to you. God wanting to commune with you. And today we did communion, right? And the communion is saying to us that everything will be taken care of. You are, you are a family now. You are God's family. So let us pray. Father God, as we come before you in quietness and in trust, as we come before you knowing that the, the world still rages and the nations still rage and there are storms but we know your invitation to us when we are all worn out and tired out when we are all stressed out you come and tell us to come to you to come to a secret place come to you with our smartphones shut off help us no longer to be tied to to the noise of the world to the to the rage of this world help us to be in a place where we can lay down all of our dead emptiness and let you feel it Help us to know your comfort and your strength. Help us to know your great love for all of us. Help us to come to a place where we can fully just trust you with all of our storms, with all of our rage. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That solitude is that invitation to stop and listen, to pause. Oftentimes we live in this world where there's so much chaos and Psalms 46 gives us this aspect of the grandeur of God. But it gives us a moment to remind us of the stillness that God wants us to have. That stillness is time with Him. That stillness, that solitude is the intimacy with Christ. That's what solitude's purpose is. The entire purpose of going into that quiet place, that entire purpose where Jesus retreated, all of those things were moments of regrouping. That's what solitude is. It's regrouping ourselves, getting back into that place of, hey, I just... I'm anxious right now and I need to regroup. I'm stressed right now and I need to regroup. I'm feeling all of these overwhelming feelings and I just need a moment to pause. And that's what solitude is. It's that moment of Selah, as Andrew has said. It's that moment of coming before Jesus and pausing and stopping and listening. And in that time, God renews your strength. a discipline that we all need to practice 
It's a discipline where God calls us to practice. It's a discipline that Jesus modeled for us to practice. And it's a beautiful discipline. And we could do that together in community as well. And so, Lord, we come before you and we just remind ourselves to take that moment of Selah. A moment to pause, to be with you, to, to come after you. A moment where you could fill us again. And a moment where you could rejuvenate our hearts and our spirit. And a moment for you to build into our lives. A moment for you to pour out your love. A moment for you to fill us with your joy. To fill us with your peace to move us with your compassion. So Father, we come before you and we just ask for Selah in our lives. We come before you, we extend and make room for Selah in our lives. And Lord, we just ask for your presence to be with us. We thank you, Jesus. We give all our worship, our praise, and all our honor to you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.